It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk San Francisco Giants. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Is Bet Online where the game starts? So, single A for the Giants, the San Jose Giants. A lot of the talent in this system, the high end talent, I feel like is in single A and high A. So, San Jose Giants. And quick caveat, as we're going through some of these guys, Marshall Luciano, number one prospect in the system, the shortstop, was just promoted from single A to high A. So when I start off with the number four prospect in the system, Averson Ortega, I didn't forget about Luciano. He's in the Eugene Emerald section. Want to clarify there. But I think let's talk about Ortega. Uh, 2019 IFA at the time was the largest um, bonus they like at the time that was the largest bonus they paid to anybody in 2019, and uh, he didn't make a stateside debut until 21, but absolutely is a no doubt shortstop. I mean, one of the safest bets in this entire system to still be a shortstop in four or five years. Uh, everything about his defense, his uh, his hands, his reactions, his range, his arm strength, the internal clock, all of that is there. So defensively, zero questions. No concerns at all. He's got the work ethic. If he something goes wrong, he's going to fix it. Offensively, so he's got good bat speed. He's got good contact ability. Swings and misses a bit too much. He had a 30% strikeout rate uh, in 2021. Um, it's just something where he needs to cut down on some of the swing and miss. A lot of it comes off of breaking balls. He doesn't quite pick them up in time. And then there's not a ton of power in the profile. So 264, 337, 424, uh, 10 home runs, and just under 370 at-bats. Uh, so not a ton of power in the profile. Average exit velo last year was around 84. Average exit velo this year is around 86, 87. So slowly creeping up, but not quite where it needs to be. So power is not going to be a huge part of his game. He'll be one of of those classic shortstops, those old school shortstops. It's a defensive first guy, but should be able to hit enough to contribute, you know, at the in the eight hole, the nine hole, has decent speed, things like that. So absolutely can contribute. And like I said, no doubt shortstop. I don't see him coming off a shortstop. He's too good at it. Another guy in this system, really interesting, right-hand pitcher Will Bedner is here in San Jose. Uh, Brother David is reliever with the Pirates. He was the star of the College World Series last year for Mississippi State. Um got picked up in the first round and got a like a $3.6 million bonus. It was wild. Uh, did not pitch after the postseason last year because that stretches into June. Um, or didn't do much. I think he p- played like two or three games. So this year, low A, 12 games, uh, 419 ERA over 43 innings. Um, 
51 strikeouts, 22 walks. And this is something where fastball slider guy, slider's the primary weapon. Uh, it's a it's a good slider. The fastball sits low 90s, which you know, when you're looking at a at a lefty, you're like, "Okay, 93-94, that's fine." When you're looking at a righty, the question is, where's the rest of the velo on that? 62-229 feels like he's pretty maxed out as far as physical ability. So it's He's touched 97 in in college postseason and things like that, but typically sits low 90s. Uh, but the main weapon, again, is the slider. Fantastic horizontal drop on it. Uh, it is That is how he gets swings and misses. He's got a changeup that when he throws it well, it's an above-average pitch. He just has to work on it. Didn't use it a lot in college. So part of the reason you're seeing all the walks from what I've been reading is he is working on the changeup more uh, this year to give him that third pitch. But you're looking at a, you know, a mid-rotation guy if the changeup works out. He's got pretty decent control um, of the fastball slider combo. And so I could see him being a number three, number four. Uh, guy in this system that has kind of had a, I'm going to call it a breakout this year, uh, is Grant McCray. So 2019 draftee out of high school, obviously lost his entire 2020 season. 2021, split between rookie ball and low A. So low A, 250, 299, 400. Two home runs in 24 games. Well, 2022, feeling a lot more comfortable. 288, 376, 507 is the slash line. Brings up the slugging by over 100 points. 15 home runs in 87 games. And you're looking at... 41 extra base hits, stole 29 bags and 37 chances. So much better showing. And the thing here is double plus speed, blazing fast. So putting a bat on the ball means you're going to be able to get, um, you're going to be able to stretch singles into doubles, stretch doubles into triples, things like that. Uh, in batting practice, things like that, he's got plus raw power. I think it's going to get to average as far as in-game power, and part of that's still the swing and miss. He struck out 126 times in 87 at-bats. I'm sorry, 87 games. 87 at-bats would be amazing if he did that. Um, 87 games, 126 strikeouts, and that's at age 21 in low A. So feels like it's a little bit older for the level, uh, but something where... If he can work on breaking balls, if he can work on being on time on breaking balls and not necessarily behind the eight ball on those, um, I think he can, the rest of his tools can play where he can come out and he can be a center fielder or a right fielder for you. Um, you, You like the lefty bat. You like the power that he's shown. He just has to hit more. And The ability of him specifically to hit breaking balls is going to make or break how far he goes, whether he makes it as a big leaguer and how how high his profile is as a big leaguer. But one of the big guys that's kind of exploded on the scene this year, I mean, whenever you raise your OPS by 180-something points, we definitely take notice. High A, the Eugene Emeralds. Um, Shortstop Marshall Luciano is here. Number one prospect in the system. Uh, This was something where... This was the, that was the first season, 2018. Uh, They had those international signing penalties for 16 and 17. He was part of that first class. They debuted him in the rookie league. Just skipped the DSL completely. 
did well. Uh, 2020 alternate site. And then got to low A. Started slow. And then took off. And now is in high A. 288-360-507 is the stat line from when he was in low A. He got promoted like literally Wednesday. He just got promoted. Um, and again, he kind of, he's a little bit of a slow starter at a new level. It takes him a little bit to get comfortable. But raw power, double plus raw power. So he's a shortstop that can just crush balls. He can hit them out foul pole to foul pole. Um, but he has some work to do if you want all of this to actually show up in game. So um, he can pick up a breaking ball, but he'll chase him way too often. Um, There's a little bit of extra stuff in his swing, probably needs to quiet that down a bit, extra moving parts. Um, And so far, a lot of the success he's had has been despite some of these things, but once you, like, he needs to get him ironed out in high A so that when he gets to double A, He's not just relying on that hand speed to catch up to a fastball. Uh, average exit velo is in the is in the low 90s. Max exit velo is like 116. So has the power. Defensively, not sure if he's going to stick it short or not. He has the arm strength to play third or second. Speed's not amazing. And he sometimes doesn't always have upper and lower body synced up when he's trying to make a move to first. So... Uh, it you know he's a, he's athletic he's got athletic ability it's just trying to get all of that to kind of come together he may end up having to move to thirty up uh, to third base and part of this is you have to understand part of this is he lost twenty twenty he lost a whole season when I believe he was age eighteen yeah he lost his age eighteen year of baseball development he was he played rookie ball at age seventeen and then he went to low A and then high A at age 19. So something where he just needs some time. Um, if he does have to move off of short, I because of the speed, he's probably going to end up being at third. Again, has the arm strength, has the power. It all makes sense. Uh, it's just a question of, can he work on the, I'm not going to say self-control, but can he work on not chasing? Uh, again, has the power, has all of the traits to be an all-star. It's just a question of can you refine them a little bit to get there. Uh, right behind him, Alfredo Luis Matos, top three prospect in the system. Uh, big power, just tons of power, huge upside, you know, great contact ability. He's having a bad year. 250 at-bats, he's batting 188, 273, 12 with seven home runs. We know he can do more than this. Last year, he was the only player in the minor leagues who hit better than 300 over 450 or more at-bats while striking out less than 70 times. So he had a good, I mean, we know he's better than this. He was too aggressive last year. He saw like three pitches per at-bat. So I think that's part of the reason he didn't strike out a ton. And this year, he's been too passive. He's been too conservative and he's trying, he's, Obviously been trying to work on that, but he's taking it to the wrong extreme. So he gets into bad um he gets into bad counts. It gets jammed on a pitch, weak contact. He's had some bad bad luck as well. Um so he's not as he's probably not as prolific as last year, 
but he's not as bad as he looks this year, kind of in the middle. Uh, Defensively, he's in center field. He might stick there, but it feels like he's more likely to move to a corner. And if he does, he'd move to right. Above average speed, above average arm, uh, would be an above average defender in right versus an average, I think at best, in center. So somebody who just needs to get comfortable, is struggling a little bit, has a very high ceiling, should be like one of your long-term outfielders. You just have to work through this rough patch that he's having so far this year. Um, another guy, and I want to, a guy that I want to bring up real quick before we go to a break is Hunter Bishop. Controversial guy in the system. A lot of questions about Hunter Bishop because high draft pick of this team, right? So first rounder in 2019, 6'3", 212. Has all the physical tools, has all the stuff you love. Best athlete in the system. Walked on at wide, for, at wide receiver. At Washington, um, batting 229, 319, 423 right now. Uh, 13 home runs. He's old for the level. He's 24. And so he's batting 229 at age 24 in high A. Uh, again, best athlete. I don't necessarily know at what point do we no longer have him in our top prospects. Because typically a first-round pick gets a little while, a little bit of understanding, and he lost to 2020. But 76 games, struck out 106 times. 13 home runs, 17 to 19 on stolen bases. So offensively, feels like a three-true outcomes kind of guy. And most of it's just strikeouts. I mean, the most common outcome is the strikeout. Defensively, he can stay in center field, but he's not going to... He's not going to be your option to play there every day. His arm is significantly below average. So you're looking at moving to, a, to, to left field. Can he make enough contact for the power to pay off? It's really, it's an interesting situation and one that I want to see. I feel like this season is the make or break year for Hunter Bishop. We're two-thirds of the way through the minor, the minor league season. I want to see what he does here. Again, top, ten, uh, top, top pick, 10th round in 2019. Uh, it's kind of early. I'm not calling the career, but I'm saying that this is the year where we need to see improvement in the back half of the schedule to know should he still be a top prospect for us or not. In just a minute, I want to get to the AA Richmond Flying Squirrels. Um, Interesting collection of talent there and a couple questions about this system. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you want to create the engagement ring of her dreams, Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each engagement ring is one of a kind. Or if you just want to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free. And find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. 
Okay, the double-A Richmond Flying Squirrels. Couple things about this. One, the name is the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Very entertaining. Um, two, it is the only affiliate that is not on the West Coast. It is in Richmond, Virginia. So this is, what, 1,500 miles away, 2,000 miles away? I mean, if you're, call- if you're sending the guy out the double-A, you're buying him a plane ticket. It's wild. But a couple top guys here. Really interesting guy that I want to talk about for a second. Lefty Kyle Harrison. So third round in 2020 out of UCLA. And a guy that fell because of, or fell because he was committed to UCLA. Um, they spent two and a half million dollars to buy him out of it. But in terms of just stuff, absolute best prospect in the system. 6'2", 200, so he's got a little size to him. And 10 games this year, 279 ERA over 48 and a third innings. 74 strikeouts to 26 walks has only allowed five home runs all year over 10 starts. Uh, the stuff, the stuff is fantastic. Fat, four-seam fastball, sits 94, hits 98 for a lefty. That's really good. Uh, good horizontal break, good approach angle where it comes in. He gets a ton of swings and misses with that. Also has a slider, breaks across two planes that, Kind of looks a bit like a power slider. Um, 40% plus swing and miss rate on this. Change up, good 10 mile an hour difference. Doesn't have a ton of movement all the time. Kind of inconsistent. But when it does, it has a good, like, some good fading life to it. The issue that he has is his delivery. So he kind of has like a crossbody finish and it's kind of whippy. They kind of have a whippy action to it. So a little bit of violence in there you don't necessarily love, but he doesn't repeat super well. Um, So just like something to keep an eye on going forward is you can see the command and control issues that you have when you go cross body and you kind of have that whip movement because there's such a variable of what the arm is doing. He gets good deception out of it. He gets good velo out of it. But it's just something where you can see it like, he doesn't go incredibly deep into games because of pitch count, because of the movement of that, um, be, because of that whippy arm action and the fact that it means that he can't always repeat it from pitch to pitch to pitch. If he can work on that a bit, I think he's a number three starter is what you're looking at most likely, and he could be better than that. He could be a number two. Um, like I said, best pure stuff as far as any pitchers in this system You just have to work on that a little bit. And then, interesting guy here that I've just been watching a bit of is outfielder Tristan Peters. So 2021 seventh round pick. And a guy that really good contact ability, but I think he's limited the left field because he's got um, a below average arm. And... Plus speed, so I I like the gap power. You know, I, I like him being able to put a ball in the gap and take extra bases and things like that. The issue you have is so often that corner profile, that corner outfielder profile is a power bat, is a home run guy. And so he's like a, he'd be like Nate Lowe, the first baseman for the, for, for the Rangers, 
who's not a huge power guy at first base. Like, he's a little bit, the traits are good, you can play with it, but you'd rather see more power out of that profile. So, just something to kind of be mindful of there and, and kind of watch. I think he's a good player. I really like it. They got him in the Trevor Rosenthal deal. So, he, I mean, he just came into the system. He's here in A now. The Brewers had him at high A. 306, 386, 485 in 90 games. Seven home runs, 13 and 19 stolen bases. So there's definitely talent. Uh, it's just a, he doesn't fit the normal profile. What do they do with him? Do they try to leave him in center? Do they just go ahead and leave him, you know, leave him in the corner where I think it's probably the best outcome for him as far as defense goes? But again, with the arm, you're leaving him in left. So in just a minute, I want to have a conversation about the catchers and then talk about this AAA uh, team in Sacramento. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can get your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. They have reviews and news for every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and even eSports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, they have you covered. I'll reach out to Jimmy to get Rookie of the Year odds so we can update you guys. Because of Julio Rodriguez's injury, they temporarily pulled the Rookie of the Year odds off the board. So we're waiting on that show until the odds go back up when we know a little more about J-Rod's injury. Uh, but in the meantime, you can head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so before we move on to AAA, we need to have a conversation about the catchers. So, a couple of the catchers in the system, Adrian Sugasti is top 15. Um, he's, in, he's in low A. Ricardo Genovez, back at the top 30, he's in double A. Um, Pa- oh, I skipped Patrick Bailey. Patrick Bailey's in high A, back half of the top 30. Ford Proctor's in triple A. Adrian Sugasti feels like he's the best catcher of this group, and he's the one who's lowest. He's in low A. Uh, but none of these guys feel like they are the catcher of the future. And you've seen the struggles at the big league level with Joey Bart. And so I think you can see the impact that that had on the front office when you go into the draft. They had, you know, every team essentially looks to come out with about 20 20 guys from the draft. They drafted three different catchers. Uh, Zach Morgan out of Fresno State in the seventh round. Thomas Gavello out of uh, Pacific University in the 13th. And prep shortstop Nomar Diaz in the 14th. So... The issue here isn't necessarily you need a catcher for the big league level. I mean, you do, obviously. But the issue here is when you have to use three of your 20 draft picks on catchers, that limits the acquisition for position players and specifically, and then especially for pitchers. And you can kind of see that when you look over the rest of the stuff that they did. So you need a a catcher to step up and establish themselves as the next catcher of the future for the Giants so that you can properly do your succession planning and figure out what to do. 
Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Joey Bart. I feel like Joey Bart at this point may be relegated to a timeshare situation going forward at the big league level. But you need to know, do you have another catcher when you're making your plans? Because what you don't want to happen is you don't want to not invest money on a free agent when you need to or invest money on a free agent when you didn't need to because of the catching system, uh, the catching situation on the farm. So many teams now have a catcher in their top 10 because they've identified the guy. And this system does not yet have the guy. And I think you need to find the guy. The AAA Sacramento Rivercats. Sacramento, California. Local, you know, as local as you can get for California. It's a giant state. But uh, a couple interesting guys here. Heliot Ramos. Um, 2017 first rounder out of high school, actually out of Puerto Rico. Um, he's, he's not hit that great in AAA over the last two years. He's been up and down. He's been called up. He's been sent back down. He's, you know, used a couple options. But he needs to hit the ball with more power. So 218, 309, 325 right now and like 300 at-bats in the minors. Seven home runs, 325 slugging. And it's something where 5'9", 233. So thicker body, shorter build. Um, you can buy the idea of him playing in center. He's surprisingly quick for the size. He's athletic. As he gets older, you worry about him losing the ability to stay in center. If he has to move to a corner, you feel like the stuff is there. He's got the raw power. He's got the arm to play in left or in right. But then you just haven't seen a ton of contact, of quality contact made. And it's something where he had been working pull side for a lot of his power. Then he tried to change approaches into a, you know, spray it all over the field or, you know, hit it where they ain't kind of thing. And he's kind of in the middle between these. And he just, like, we're getting, we're getting, not, we're not getting to the end, but we're getting to that point. I mean, he turns 23 in September. We're getting to the point where we need to figure out which approach is it going to be and what ultimately are you going to be. Because if you're going to stick in center, that's fine. We, we need a little more contact. If you're going to stick in a corner, that's fine. We need a little more power. If you want to give us both of those, that'd be great. Doesn't always happen. But we just got to figure out what's going to happen with Hilliot Ramos. I feel like we're kind of running out of time on this. And then there's some some lower level guys at profile in here. Um, Gregory Santos is a right-hand pitcher. Back half of the top 30. I have him just out of the top 30. It's just hard for me to put a guy who I kind of think is a reliever in the top 30. Uh, Power fastball. Slider, those are the two bread and butter pitches. Um, I think he's an effective reliever. I don't necessarily have him as a, a starter right now. Sean Jelly, 2018 second rounder, went all the way up to Double A uh, in in 2019. Obviously lost 2020. wasn't at the alternate site. wasn't in instructs in 2020 as well. So 2021 took a little step back, um, and has pitched, I think, in three games at the big league level this year. He got called up after doing okay, but his numbers aren't 
as good as they were before he lost a year. So, I mean, 2019, he was looking at a 278 ERA over 14 starts in high A. 2021, 315 ERA over 14 starts in double A. But last year in triple A, 10 starts, 574. This year, 16 starts in triple A, 522. And so, he's appeared in three games at the big league level. They've all been in relief. I want him to work out. He's 6'11". It's amazing. He would be one of the tallest pitchers of all time. Uh, And what I like about him is very much extremely ground ball oriented. So, throws a four seam and a two seam. Four seam has good horizontal breaking action to it. But he throws a two seam more. It's fine. Um, Averages 93-94 or so. Uh, has a has a slider. It's like a sweepier slider. It's like a Yankee-style slider. Sits mid to upper 80s. Plays really well off of the sinker. He induces a ton of ground balls. Like two-thirds of the time, he gets ground balls. Change-up is clearly like the third pitch. Um, For being a super tall guy, for being 6'11", like he's really good at... at body control and understanding what he, you know, where everything is going. He just has to, he lives and dies by how effective the sinker is. And it feels like at times uh, this, the sinker hasn't been as crisp. I want him to work out because he's 6'11". I love, I love those incredibly, like, those people that clearly do not look like any of us. Like, you are a different species from us. It's like, it's like when you watch the Olympics and you see all of the, all of the different athletes that are so specialized for their sport. Like, we are so different from this guy. It's fun to watch him because he's 6'11", 230. But uh, really interesting. And then just real quick, um, of the draftees, I've got three of these guys near the top 30. So right-hand pitcher William Kempner, I have him just outside the top 30. Left-hand pitcher Reggie Crawford, I've got him right around 20 or so. And right-hand pitcher Carson Wisenhunt, I have him inside the top 10. I'd probably put him at number 7 or number 8. What a week. Wild week with the trade deadline. If you have questions for the show, remember, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. We do that mailbag on Monday. So, if you have questions, please send those in. Until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh. Um.